Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome to The Ralph Report. Brand new show for you for a Tuesday, the date January 21st. So happy that you decided to join us yet again here on The Ralph Report. Got a hell of a show for you today. Because on the counter, you want to know why? Because it's Tuesday. That means we're going to take a look at one of your favorite TV theme songs and do a deep dive into the history therein. Also, I'm really excited because we got uh, science fiction or science fact. Ooh. I haven't done that in a while. It's been a long time. This is a good one. We're going to have a good one. (laughs) Not guaranteed. Not guaranteed. (laughs) This is terrifying. If you're not afraid of this story... Well, you're watching the wrong movies. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I am your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman. Sitting here in the Batcave with me is the vice host himself. You know him. You love him. You can't live without him. He is the king of the idiots. Yay. Mr. Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. See, I'm just the president of the Garmy, but you are the king yeah, of the idiots. It's a, it's, a, it's a dictatorship. If there was an <laughs> island of idiots, I would be king. They would take a palm tree and carve it into your likeness as a totem pole oh, in tribute. That's true. To you. Like Easter Island, but with idiot Their faces leader. everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we get into the show today, kids, as I mentioned, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. I want to talk about some Garmy business. This is uh, very exciting. This is one of my favorite things to announce. You know, if you are a four-star general in the Garmy, if you are a four-star supporter on Patreon.com, then one of the benefits you get is a personal phone call from me, yours truly. I get on the phone, I call you, and then we talk about whatever it is we want to talk about. You can ask me anything. Anything. My life's an open book. It's a pop-up book. (laughs) It's, uh, you know. It's a good read. It's uh, simple. It's something you'd find in a uh, grammar school library. What's any of the weird questions you've ever been asked on one of these phone calls? Like they do a deep dive on you? Yeah. They really do? Yeah, I got a lot of Joe Schmo questions. Oh, okay. Because we don't talk about that much on this show. But it's more so career stuff, like, not personal. Oh, right? no, a lot of personal stuff. A lot of swingers questions. Uh, what was it like uh, when you were swinging? Or my wife and I, or my girlfriend and I, or my boyfriend and I, we're thinking about getting into swinging. Do you have any advice? Or what's the weirdest thing? Or that uh. kind of stuff. Uh, what else do we get? Uh, used to be uh, relationship advice. About marriage until uh, <laughs> mine went in the dumper, so it's no point in asking me anything about that anymore. I got no answers, obviously. Oh, boy. That's, uh, that's pretty, it runs the gamut, really. Yeah, but, yeah, a lot of career yeah. stuff, a lot of uh, Kevin Smith stuff, a lot of uh, Babylon stuff, of course, because a lot of the members of the Garmy first discovered me via yeah. my friend Kevin, Kevin Smith. He was a conduit, if you will. So um, we have fallen a little behind on scheduling these four-star calls. Over the holidays, obviously because of the holidays, but also my dad's illness and what's been going on with the home life and moving houses and stuff. But we are, uh, we're catching up. By this Friday, Carrie uh, assures me, by this Friday, everyone is going to be scheduled for those uh, December calls that we haven't gotten to yet. But we're going to announce our five lucky 
Garmi members who will be receiving phone calls from me for this month, for January. Here's the folks I'll be talking to. Adam Crane. Adam Crane. That's a strong man's name. That is a man's powerful name. name. From Placentia, California. Adam, you and I will have, have a conversation sometime this month. Alana Curtis Van. Alana Curtis Van. Yeah. Sounds very regal. Down in San Diego, California, Alana and I will be having a conversation. Bob, sorry, no, I'm going to interrupt. Two Californians. Okay. Uh, we got a bunch of California. Oh, really? Yeah, we got another one from West Covina, California, Connie Schlobaum. 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 That's a good name. It's a fun name. Uh, Connie Schlobaum from West Covina, California. She and I will also be having a conversation. Bob Back or Bob Bach. How would you pronounce B-A-K-H? K-H. Not C-H. K-H. You heard me. Bach. B-A-K-H. Bach. I guess Bach. Bach would be B-A-C-H. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's Bach. I'm pretty sure it's not Bach. I think it's like Bach. Unless you got a hair in your throat. Bob, Bob, and I from he's from Issaquah, Issaquah, Washington. Wow, just I just I just want to say Issaquah, Issaquah. It's one of my favorite cities to announce to pronounce Issaquah, Washington, and uh, Carrie Trabona. Carrie Trabona from Longmont, Colorado. <laughs> Carrie, you and I will also be having a conversation. So, you five are the lucky four star members who have been plucked from the hopper this month to have a conversation with uh, yours truly. Carrie will be reaching out to you via email to schedule a good time and day for us to have our conversation. Speaking of which, Carrie has asked me to announce that she has gotten bounce backs from at least four people while trying to schedule previous phone calls, which means that the email on your Patreon account is either entered incorrectly or you have changed your email since you signed up. So if you're a four-star general, it would be a huge help to us if you could make sure that all your information in your account on Patreon is updated and accurate, especially the emails. So we have uh, the proper information on your account. So when we go to check in with you or send you an email and and schedule something like this, then uh, we know we've got your right info. So Mm. you five folks, uh, you'll be hearing from us sometime this week. Looking forward to it. Speaking of this week, also some more Garmy business. Don't forget, Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, we'll be doing our live stream event here in the sparsely decorated new Bat Cave. I think it's our first one in the new Bat it Cave. It is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they've seen us eat in the Bat Cave. Yes. But they haven't seen a live stream. They the have cave. not. And I got to start decorating this room because it's really just blank <laughs> walls and stacks of boxes and you some. Got the shelves up. That's I half, got my that's display half cases. That's half the battle. The display cases have been cleansed. And the shelves are in place and everything has been measured out. And now I just have to load hundreds Ugh. and hundreds of items into those. You have so cases. much stuff. You have no shelves. idea. It's insane. You have no I idea. I can't even. Because I had stuff in storage at the old house that I wasn't even on display. Really? Yes. Oh, my God. If you look in the garage right now, it looks like <laughs> the end of Raiders. When they're wheeling the Ark of the Covenant down that long hallway in the crate and they're going to put it into storage, that's exactly what my garage Instead of valuable historical artifacts, it's Batman. It's the same. It's exactly the same because it's valuable historical Batman artifacts. And then at one point, uh, one of the crates starts to burn. Because there was a Superman emblem on it. Yes. So, um, yeah, I'm going to do my best to try to get the place looking somewhat decent before we telecast this weekend, Saturday, 9 a.m. 
And um, that's going to be fun. Uh, speaking of Batman and the collection and the old Batcave, here's another little programming note. On Sunday, this Sunday, the 26th, I want to say, we, uh, we are going to be able to see the television program that I shot with MeTV, the network MeTV. Oh. They have a program on there called Collector's Call, hosted by Lisa Welchel, who, as you know, was the most attractive of all the girls on uh, Facts of Life. She was Blair. She was Blair Warner. She was Blair Warner on Facts of Life. Lisa Welchel's the host. And what she does on this show, which I loved, by the way, and still love, (laughs) she goes around the country and she talks to people who have pop culture collections. And they do a deep dive into your collection. And then they bring along someone to give a rough uh, estimate of what your collection is valued at. Oh, so you kind of know what your stuff is worth. The number they gave me, I got to say. Were you happy with it? Might be time to have a garage sale. (laughs) Uh, I was very happy with it. And then they also bring along something that you don't have in your collection and try to get you to swap something out. Did you? they're interested Oh, we have to wait and see, right? I'm not going to spoilers. Don't give it away. So anyway, that is this Sunday on MeTV. I think it's 8 o'clock, 8.30, at least locally here in Southern California. So go on to your local... Uh, cable provider or direct TV or what have you and hunt down the me TV network. And then on Sunday night, you can see collectors call with me and, uh, Lisa Welch. Did you have to clear out all the podcast equipment when they had, when you had them? In I there? did. Oh, I pulled it all out. Oh, geez. Yeah. It was a nightmare, <laughs> but it was well worth it. Cause I don't get the show off. That's true. Very That's often. True. And it was, it was fun to have the crew there and we shot there all day long and it was a blast. And they say to you, bring someone. Uh, along who is a friend or confidant or someone who knows something about your collection to sort of uh, be your second in, yeah. in command. And I was thinking about who would be a good person to bring. And uh, Kevin Smith was unavailable at the time, so uh, he was off. And then it dawned on me, how cool would it be since Adam had passed to have someone representing him on the show? So I called up his lovely and talented daughter, Nina, Nina West, yeah. now Nina Tooley. Uh, she's got a great husband named James, who's a very talented direct director and producer. And I said to Nina, because we had become pals over the years, because we worked together to get uh, her dad his walk, a right. star on the Hollywood right, Walk right. of Fame. And we've just hung out a bunch, and we just we just are good friends. So I said, why don't you come in and be my sort of second uh, in command there? And so she's on the show with Oh, me. that's awesome. So she gets to talk about her dad's legacy and, oh, that's and great. all this stuff. So it's a really fun show. It's only half an hour, I think, if you're uh, into uh, collectibles. Or uh, Batman, or hell, even me, you're going to enjoy it. So that is this Sunday on MeTV. All right, boy, we got a lot of stuff covered right here. We're out of time. Thanks. Love you. Mean it. Bye. No, no, no. We got plenty of show, including, as I mentioned, very excited about science fiction or science fact. Welcome to the end of the world as we know it. Oh, I thought. It was already happening. Well, it's, it's accelerating oh, now okay. because this of this announcement. Okay. All right. This week, it's very exciting. Scientists have announced mm-hmm. the creation of a new life form called Xenobots. 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 It's considered a life form? Here's the thing. They are saying it is neither robot nor sentient creature, mm. but in reality, what it is is a Living robot. Like the this. world's first living robot. No. 
Neither a traditional robot nor a known species of animal, say researchers. This is a new class of artifact, a living, programmable organism. Oh, I don't like this. They create a new organism out of stem cells. Oh, God. And they're able to program specific instructions into the cells to make the living creature do what they want. So is it more genetic engineering sort of stuff? It's beyond that. Genetic engineering would indicate that you're taking an existing animal and altering it in some way to improve, hopefully, either in terms of health. And this you're giving it very specific sets of instructions. This is a new creature. Oh, that's creepy. That is completely constructed from stem cells, specifically in a way to achieve an end. Oh, no. These are cells that are specifically designed to perform a task that is decided upon by the programmers. These are living robots. Oh, it can't be reasoned with. Xenobots. Oh, no. No, it can't be reasoned with. Oh. They only have one purpose. Right. Which, whatever they're Terminators. Program, right. Oh, God, this is awful. But they're not machines. They're oh. actual living creatures oh. that we're going to program into doing our bidding but, until what? it all goes horribly wrong. And then they're going to start taking us out. What do they look like? Are well, these like, this is like, is this sort of like clones? They are, well, this is the very early stages of this research, okay? Oh, so let's z- stop it right now. Xenobots are less than one millimeter long, and they are made up of only 500 to 1,000 living cells. Now, they have various simple shapes depending on what they program them to do at a genetic level. Some of them have squat legs. But all of them can propel themselves in linear or circular directions. Now, here's the scary part. They also can join together in groups to act collectively and move small objects. Oh, it's like a Voltron. (laughs) Oh, God, this is awful. They use their own cellular energy for power. And as of now, they live up to 10 days and then they they die. Could this be used for anything good like like cancer treatment, like you send this thing into the body to kill the cancer cells, like program it to kill cancer. These reconfigurable biomachines, oh, as they're known. I don't like any of this. <laughs> that phrase terrifies Biomachines me. is awful. Uh, they claim can vastly improve human, animal, and environmental health. However, say researchers, they might raise legal and ethical oh, concerns. Oh, you think? <laughs> Maybe. Oh. All right. You asked the question. Here's what here's what Xenobots can do for Xenobots. us. Xenobots. That's a cool name, though. Yeah, until I like, would collect them all. If I was in Toys R Us and saw a big shelf of Xenobots, I would get well, the yeah. entire collection. You buy them all and they build one giant Xenobot and they kill you. <laughs> here's what you can do. And first of all, let me tell you how they built the Xenobots, okay? Mm-hmm. They used a supercomputer to test thousands of random designs of simple living creatures that could perform certain tasks. So the computer was programmed with an AI evolutionary algorithm so it could predict which organisms would be likely to display useful tasks as such as moving towards a target, okay? So this this algorithm breaks it down and then told them which cells to join with which other cells. Hmm. They used stem cells from either frog skin or heart cells and then joined them together using microsurgery tools. You can't use stuff from frogs. This is this is Jurassic Park. It never goes right when you start pulling shit out of frogs. Nature f- finds a way, man. When you find when you need something to finish your creation, you don't pull from a frog. Apparently they do. That's fucking Jurassic Park. 
The, uh, these Xenobots then uh, are configured into different forms and shapes and pre-programmed to target certain objects, which then they unwittingly seek. They have no choice. Oh. They must do it. Oh, God. You can't, you can't deviate them. You can't stop them. No, no. They will not be stopped. They go until you... Oh. They, they, they are relentless. <laughs> this is awful. They are simply killing this, machines. This is awful. Here's what you can do with the Xenobots. Please be good. I feel like it's a commercial. Here's what you can do with Xenobots. Come on, kids. <laughs> Xenobots have great values, say the doctors, because they could be sent to clean our polluted oceans by collecting microplastics. We could just unleash a giant tub of Xenobots into the ocean, and they would go out to seek these pre-programmed things that they were supposed to find, these plastics, collect them, and then bring them back either to be properly disposed of or whatever. Yeah, but then they become self-aware and realize that the humans are the ones that create the plastic, so the humans are the real problem, not the plastic, so they eliminate the humans Must to eliminate, eliminate the plastic. eliminate source it's of pollution. not good, guys. They can be used to either enter confined or dangerous areas to scavenge for toxins or radioactive materials. They can go where places you wouldn't put human beings. Yeah, then they get radiated and transform into something else. Right. I mean, we saw Godzilla, didn't we? Yes. They can be designed with carefully shaped pouches in their bodies that can be used to carry drugs into human bodies. This is what you were talking right. about. If you wanted to have a delivery system for a drug that you didn't want to use, you know, an IV or something like right. that, you could send tiny xenobots carrying the drug in their little pouches into your, into your bloodstream. Yeah, until they get in your brainstem and take over your body, and then you become the xenobot. <laughs> <laughs> the doctors say Ugh. that future versions can be built from your own cells mm -mm -mm. and then sent into your body to repair tissue or target cancers. So instead of using stem cells from frogs, they would take your cells, break them down into stem cells, reconfigure your own cells, right. and then re-inject them back into your and body. And then we have replicants. Yes. Because then eventually you grow like another head oh, on God. the side of your... This your has all neck. the elements of every horrible science fiction movie. That's what I'm saying. Oh, They say xenobots are biodegradable. So they have an edge over uh, anything made of metal or plastic like regular oh, robots. thank God. So these... these so once they wipe us out, they won't leave a footprint. These robots will... <laughs> That's good. These xenobots will die someday. But no carbon footprint. And then it's like tears in the <laughs> rain when they die. Ugh. Right? Xenobots. No, this is not good. This is going to be bad. This is the beginning of the end of us as a species. We will all be serving the Xenobots. Oh, our Xeno lords. Oh. Hey, maybe L. Ron Hubbard was onto something. Wasn't, it, wasn't that one of the Was there a Xeno? Was that Xeno? There might have been a Xeno. Oh, or is that... Uh, is, oh, man, no. It was... Uh, um, shit. <laughs> Xanu? Xanu? No, 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 it wasn't Xanu. Xanadu? No, that's my favorite movie. Xenu. Uh, Xenu. Xenu. Yeah, so this is Xeno. Very close. That's how it's going to change. It's like Voyager becoming Vigor. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. And then the Xenu bot is going to drop hydrogen bombs in all our volcanoes and all the Thetas <laughs> will be released. And then Tom Cruise will be king of the world. <laughs> so there you go. There's your fear for the day. Ugh, awful. Know that somewhere in a lab... They are making xenobots that eventually will take over. If we're if we're lucky, we'll all be dead and gone before Hopefully. the xenobots rise up. Or it'll happen so fast we won't realize. Rise of the xenobots, Ugh. which I believe is the next Star Wars film, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. And that is today's science fiction or science fact. Science fiction or science fact. 
right? I could have done without any of that information. Oh, the Xenobots. All right. Let's take a listen to your phone call, shall we? We listen to you, the Garmy, because you are everything. The reason we do this goddamn show is for you, and the reason we can do it is because of you. We love it when you reach out to us. You can always write us emails. Ralph at theralphreport.com. Eddie at that same email address. Steve Ashton. By the way, I think we'll be talking to Steve tomorrow. Oh, good. He's in Chicago. His back is better. He is, uh, he's mobile. He's not 100%, but he's, uh, he's better than he, he was. He called me on Saturday, but I was up there doing the intertubing thing, and I saw I missed the call, but I didn't get a chance to call him back. Yeah, he got into town this weekend into Chicago. He's doing yeah. his real job this week, and so uh, we're going to do an, a UK update, but more importantly, we'll get a Steve Ashton update. We'll find out Good. how he's feeling and how he feels about Prince Harry leaving the the throne they're and, leaving their titles and everything oh, behind everything can't call them highness or anything no they're just going to be regular yeah. harry and megan yeah yeah that sounds like a sitcom <laughs> harry they and used megan. to be royalty now harry and megan move into sherman oaks california <laughs> next to a wacky couple it's totally yeah. a cw sitcom um so we'll talk to steve uh, hopefully tomorrow we'll have him on the show meanwhile Let's talk to you guys, the Garmy. We love it when you reach out to us and leave your voicemail messages. It's so easy to do. 24 hours a day. Uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It is available to you. It is the Ralph Report hotline. You can leave your message there simply by dialing the number 1833. <laughs> Hi, Ralph. <laughs> that was a Zeno. Yeah, it was a Xenobot. Right Xenobot there. inside you. I uh, love it when you leave your voicemails. I listen to them all, and then I pluck a couple of them that I think are appropriate for the show. And we slap them here at the top called, in a section called, rather, Garmy on the Line. The telephone is ringing. The Garmy's on the line. Ralph's going to play your calls now and see what's on your mind. A lot of love and support for my decision to become a helicopter pilot, oh, Eddie. that's awful. I mentioned idea. on yesterday's show that I am really thinking about Please don't. taking some helicopter lessons because I think it would be the coolest thing in the world to fly a helicopter. Well, leave me the Patreon password so I can continue the show because <laughs> <laughs> you're going to die. I'm not. And die. when the Xenobots, by the way, <laughs> come after us and I'm safely up in the air in my helicopter. Oh, that's your plan? Then you won't, you'll be laughing out of the other side of your ass, mister. <laughs> Josh has my back. Hey, Ralph. It's Josh from uh, Canoga Park, One Star General. Uh, calling regarding the helicopter pilot thing. Actually, Bill Burr is a really good helicopter pilot. And what? he does it just to not deal with traffic in L.A. Hmm. Uh, my brother's also a helicopter pilot, so I just want to throw a shout out to him. And I uh, love you. Mean it. Bye. Have a good day, man. If Bill Burr and Josh's brother can be helicopter pilots, I can be a helicopter pilot. Jeff Dunham, too, is a helicopter pilot. Of course he yeah. is. He's got all the toys got because the he's toys. the richest yeah. puppeteer in the world. So much. Don't call him puppets. He doesn't uh, don't like call that. him puppets? He doesn't like that. Guy makes a killing with racist puppets. Yes, he does. That's maddening to yeah, me. I know. I don't understand how this business works at me all. Me either. Hey there, Peanut. How you feeling? Oh, I'm really unhappy. That, you know, just give him more millions. <laughs> he's got like all the Batmobiles, yeah. this guy. He's got everything. He's got so much Doesn't money. Doesn't surprise me he has a helicopter. I worked with him once and he just, just looking at everything he had, I'm like, good lord. He's a dick. But if Bill Murr and Jeff, uh, Bill Murr, Bill Murr, Bill Burr and Jeff Dunham and Josh's brother can be a helicopter yeah. pilot. Pff, you could do it. I could do, you it. Can do it. Come on. Anything Burr can do, I can do right. better. That'd be funny. <laughs> he's good at that. 
What's going on with these guys? Whatever he says. But, you just got to be um, angry and have an opinion about everything. Well, that's me. Then you can be Bill Burr. That's me in a nutshell. Uh, yesterday, we ate some burgers. A lot of people loved it. Some people did not. A lot of people mm. who uh, don't like hearing chewing are still unhappy <laughs> with that segment, which is now known as Munchin' Mondays. However, a lot of people seem to like it, and they like the video of us eating, really? which is still just so odd to me. I really thought this uh, bit did not have... Legs. Uh, legs. I didn't think yeah. it had a shelf life that was going to be uh, very long, but people are very excited. A lot of suggestions about stuff we can eat. Hey, Ralph. Hey, Eddie. Al Prada from Altadena. Listen, on the Munchin', on the munchin Monday, there we go. Um, why stop at the sandwiches? Let's go for the tacos right. and let's go for the maybe onion ring competition or yes. the french fries competition. There's a lot of things that uh, people are wondering which one's the best. I personally prefer jack-in-the-box onion rings, but maybe uh, you guys have a different opinion. Love you. Mean it. Bye. I think he's. it's possible we okay. could just go through all fast food <laughs> and find the winners. We could just slowly get fatter. We could make it like a unhealthy. tournament. Yeah, can you imagine us just sitting here sweating, just <laughs> eating onion rings, just barely hanging on, steady diet of fast uh, food on Mondays? I guess I, was, I literally texted you last night. I was still burping up. Yeah. Beyond Burger, uh, like 10 o'clock at night. Pence and I paid the cost for eating Beyond Burgers. Oh. Uh, I, I heard for some hardcore uh, Beyonce's who are just <laughs> really into it. And they're like, you guys must have had a bad one. Or go get something at the supermarket, make it yourself. It's very different. No, it's just, it was like, yeah, it, was it just kept coming, coming up. Coming back and I kept tasting it and all. Mm -mm, no. no. But uh, yeah, next week we're going to do chicken sandwich battle between uh, K. Um, Popeyes, Popeyes and Chick-fil-A. Chick I wonder if KFC should be in the mix. Do they have one? I don't know. They're Might sort of avoiding, round. They're avoiding the chicken sandwich wars, it seems. Yeah. Um, but look, if, um, what did he say? Uh, onion rings? Yeah, we could take on onion rings. We could do a taco challenge. Hey, there's any number of things I guess we could eat. Well, the, the show's sort of become a little food-centric with my particular taste, so yeah, it only makes true. sense that every Monday we're tasting something. And uh, if you got any ideas, I mean, look, I'm not a, I'm not against it. I'll, I'll keep living with Munchin' Monday. Speaking of Munchin' Monday, a lot of love for the theme song. Thank you so much, everybody, <laughs> for the support. Despite the snickering of the vice host, a lot of people were very complimentary, <laughs> and I thank you because I worked hard on it. It's just another Munchin' Monday. Fun day, maybe something on a fun day. I hope I don't get the run stay. It's just another munch in Monday. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's pretty smooth. Not everybody was happy with the new theme. Can you imagine someone who might feel a little bit put out that he didn't get a chance oh, to I've, craft a theme for I that have, segment? I have an idea in mind. Of who just, it might just be. take a wild guess. Cooperman. Ralph and Eddie, it's John Cooperman. Yeah. Well, your Munching Mondays theme uh -huh. was going to be very similar to what I was going to do. Oh, now, I don't know I if see. I'm rubbing off on you, Ralph, okay. but I was uh, thinking when you mentioned Munching Monday, mm -hmm. right away I'm thinking, Manic Monday, Munching Monday. Right. And I thought of the runs, too, and I'm like, oh, God, I'm rubbing off on Ralph, oh, and boy. this is probably not a good thing. <laughs> yeah. But uh, since you already have the theme, I will not be sending in a theme for Munchin' Monday unless okay. the Garmy really 
wants me to come up with a shitty name, then I will we're have good. one for you. We're good. Week. But otherwise, we're good, pal. Someone's got a case of the Munchin' Mondays. I was uh, going to put that in there, too. So wow. anyway. anyway, love you guys. I will talk to you soon. Lick my balls. He sounds so down. That I know. Shot. Someone's got a case of the Munchin' Mondays. And he heard it, and he was like, this is what I was going to do. Yeah. Uh, me, too. I'm, the first time I heard yesterday by Paul McCartney, I was like, that's the song I was going to write. <laughs> so weird <laughs> love it when you guys leave just messages of support it's just so nice to know we're appreciated jen i thought this was so kind of you hey ralph it's jen from tucson i have to admit that the ralph report has a very negative side effect in my life and that is that i now no longer look forward to the weekends God damn it, Ralph. Aww. I used to love weekends. Now I love Mondays. God damn it. LMD. Very sweet of you, Jim. Oh. Thank you. Are you trying to say we should do shows over the weekend, too? <laughs> Seven days a week? I can't. I just can't. Can't keep that up, that schedule. And uh, speaking of people who enjoy the show, no one has enjoyed the show as much as this guy. I have no idea what he's talking about. There's no reference. There's no introduction. There's no name. It was just this left on the Ralph Report hotline. <laughs> oh my god, it's too fucking funny. Thank you, Ralph Garmin. <laughs> All right. You're welcome. Whatever it was. Oh, I want to know what it was. Yeah, I'd like to do it again if oh. I knew that had a, that kind of reaction. Wow. So uh glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Thanks to everybody who called in. You too can be featured on this segment, but you got to take that first step. You got to call me. Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, why not subscribe to The Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday. For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash The Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. All righty, time for us to take a look in the rearview mirror. We do it every day at this time to find out what happened on January 21st, this day in history. Ralph's about to solve another mystery. Like it's today the day some dude invented Listerine. Or maybe a tyrant king married his sister queen. Who knows, every day seems to be an anniversary. The Garmy's rubbing Ralph's lamp, so grant our wishes, please. And tell us what went down this day in history. On January 21st, 1677, the very first medical publication in America was published in Boston, Massachusetts. Hmm. It was a pamphlet on smallpox. Oh. A little pamphlet they handed yeah. out about smallpox. That's and Probably said, don't get it. Or when we invent vaccinations, take them. <laughs> right. But until then, you're on your own. <laughs> we avoid it until we get vaccinated. Actually, I got a copy of it here. Here's what it actually said. The pamphlet from smallpox. Got smallpox? 
Ask your barber slash doctor about bloodletting and spirit of vitriol. Oh, man. Common, common side effects of bloodletting are agitation, dry mouth, insomnia, headache, dizziness, <laughs> demonic possession. Demonic possession. <laughs> stomach pain, constipation, <laughs> tremors, insomnia, weight loss or gain, a case of the vapors, ringing in your ears, loss of interest in slavery, sore throat, muscle what? pain, itch, <laughs> rash, swelling, urination. Don't use if allergic to bloodletting. Don't let too much blood or else you can die. That's real? No, I oh, made that fuck. up. All right. Come I didn't on. know. Loss of interest in slavery? That's what, That was one of the jokes there. I man. got that. That's a so it was supposed to be like one of those commercials where they talk about the side effects of like Zan Zantax or something. I didn't, I didn't get that until the very end. Oh, my God. Sorry. I got to start diagramming the jokes now <laughs> for the vice host. Uh, also on this day in 1789, the very first American novel was published. W.H. Brown's Power of Sympathy was published on the You ever this read day. it? I have never read it. No, I have no interest. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch the movie. In 1793, Louis XVI of France was executed by guillotine in Paris mm. following his conviction for high treason. He said, it was a perfect call. Perfect. <laughs> read the transcripts. But they cut his head off. Anyway. That'd be nice if we brought the guillotine back. Yeah, no, we don't want the guillotine. We're a rule. We rule by law here in America, Eddie Pence. Do we? In 1813, the first recorded mention of the pineapple being in Hawaii hmm. was written. Did you know the pineapple is not indigenous to Hawaii? I did not know that. It was brought there from South America in the late 1770s. I think I'm yeah, because I went to the Dole did plant the when Dole? I was in Hawaii, and I think they said something about that. Yeah, their most famous export yeah, wasn't even theirs. Wasn't theirs. In 1846, the first edition of Charles Dickens' newspaper, The Daily News, it was called, was published on this day. In 1853, you know, say about the 1800s. Ripe for invention. So many fucking things were invented in the 1800s. It was so easy back then because everything needed to be invented. And Russell Hawes came up with an invention in Worcester, Massachusetts, the envelope folding machine. Oh. Think about it. Every envelope up until that point it's had to be folded, folded by somebody. That's right. And then you had to put like the wax stamp on it to keep everything together. That's how they sealed it. Yeah. Wow. And he came up with an idea. Let's put a piece of paper in there. It folds it into an envelope. Boom. You got a stack of them. You don't have to do Brilliant. it by hand. Ugh. Man, I would have crushed it in the you 1800s. I would have come up with so many You would have dominated. Paper clips. Everywhere. Oh, it would have been me all over. <laughs> Uh, 1880. Another good invention. I was going to make the paper clip. That was my idea. Clip paper together with a piece of wire. Guess I won't do it now. No, I guess not. Uh, in 1880, the first U.S. sewage disposal system that was separate from storm drains was invented. Hmm. Used to be you just washed all your shit out into the rivers and the oceans. Yeah. And I guess they started to say, wow, these rivers are getting pretty shitty. Maybe we <laughs> should, should do something that. else with our We sewage. eat out of these things. Yes. It was in Memphis, Tennessee, of all places. Really? Yeah. That's where they came up with it. Progressive South. In 1903, Harry Houdini escaped from the Halvmanstieg police station in Amsterdam. Oh, Harry Houdini. Did you ever hear about this guy, what he used to do when he traveled with his show? No. To drum up interest, he would go to the local police stations he would say, put me in handcuffs, lock me into one of your cells, and then wait outside, and I'll see you in about 20 minutes. And he would escape, legitimately escape from 
prisons and jails all over the world as part of his publicity campaign for his uh, live shows. That's funny. And he did it. I mean, this guy was for real. He wasn't just one of these David Blaine bullshit guys. I'm going to sit in a block of ice for a week. He literally was the world's greatest escape artist. Wow. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. There was one I think I was reading about in Boston, maybe. He um, he said, lock me up. They put like three pairs of handcuffs on him. He was always nude when he did this, by the way. Well, yeah, because he had to put everything up his ass. <laughs> No. to sell it that's whatever he had whatever thing he to pick the locks with was up his ass no he didn't want anyone to think he had anything sewn right. into his clothes exactly so he shoved everything up his ass why are you so focused on sticking stuff because up that's ass. where he obviously put the whatever the paper clip or whatever i he heard to, he had a uh he had skin in the inside he had a skin of his pocket cheek. he had a skin pocket yeah, in his cheek either yeah. one not a nice either one pocket. either one will do so he would, uh, so he's in Boston and he said three sets of handcuffs on. He's locked up in a cell and then locked into like a ward of cells. And then 20 minutes later, the warden or whoever gets a phone call and it's from Harry Houdini. He not only escaped, but had gone over the wall and was calling from a phone outside the prison saying, Hey, guess what? I'm out. Pretty cool. We haven't even seen a really good Harry Houdini movie, have we? We haven't. Why isn't that guy's life story? No, we should. He's the one who named Buster Keaton. Well, that should be in there. Right? Yeah. That could be a whole act in the film. I'm saying. <laughs> They're connected. All the things Harry Houdini did. I was a big Buster Keaton fan. Well, that's more about you than Harry well, I Houdini. Guess. I that's think. part I'd want to see in the movie. Uh, in 1908, the Sullivan Ordinance was passed in New York City, making it illegal for women to smoke in public. Because that showed they were loose. <laughs> women with their cigarettes. Man. The whores. Smoking a cigarette Why did where women... people can be, see them, put things Unreal. to their lips. Unacceptable. Why did women ever have sex with men? I don't know. We, we did no good things to them. Really? Hundreds really and hundreds have. of years. Really have. In 1919, the Irish militant nationalist party Sinn Féin created its own parliament in Dublin and declared Ireland independent of Great Britain, which sparked the Irish War of Independence, which, by the way, is still, still going on. 1921, British crime writer Agatha Christie published her first novel, the Mysterious Affair at Styles, introducing her famous character, the Belgian Detective. For extra points, Eddie Pence, any idea of the name of the Belgian Detective from the Agatha Christie novels? Belgian Detective? Yes, he's from Belgium. I don't know. Hercule Perrault was his name. Perrault? You no. never heard of Perrault? No, no. Hmm. Wouldn't have gotten it. Hmm. 1934. <laughs> Wouldn't have gotten it. Uh, Parisian baker and student of medieval life, Henri Littier had to appear in court for forcing his wife into a chastity belt because he thought she was cheating Good on him. Good Lord. Yeah. God. Women, we're sorry. Sorry. Uh, 1942, Count Basie recorded one of the great swing tunes of all time. Boy, I love this song. One o'clock jump. 
may not surprise you, Eddie Pence, but I went through a bit of a big band swing phase <laughs> you, in my life you dress with up? music. I never you wear really, the zoot suits. Well, and... actually, the reason I got turned on to it, because when I was 15 <laughs> years old, my very first time on a movie set, yeah. I was an extra in a low-budget horror film called The Prowler okay. that they were shooting in Jersey. And so I went down there and auditioned, and they put me in a uh, 1940s a tuxedo. It was a prom scene. And I had my, had my hair cut, and they put me in the thing. And then they taught us how to dance the jitterbug to that song. Okay. And so I actually did dress up uh, as a 1940s uh, high school student. And then you carried it on. And I carried it on. I, I heard that song. We shot that scene for about nine hours, and that song was playing over and over and over. And I was like, I like this music. You can see me. If you ever rent The Prowler, you can see me in the, in the very beginning. And it was a story about a, 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 a serial killer from the 40s. And 40 years later, they haven't had a, a dance, a homecoming dance in this town because this, all these kids were murdered. Right. And so 40 years later, they say, well, it's safe now. We can oh, go no. back. And no, Prowler no. hates dances. Prowler comes back. It's like the, <laughs> the origin of Footloose. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but you can see me dancing in the, in, really? the, in the shot. Yeah, absolutely. So would you audition as a dancer? No. They were just looking for teen, bodies. teens. Teen bodies. Like, non-union, uh, you know, union, uh, non-union extra gig. If you want to make a couple bucks and be in a movie, come down. And so I think they sent out like a notice to all the high schools yeah, yeah. in the Philadelphia area with drama departments, whatever. So uh, I ran down there and they put me in the movie. Nice. First time ever on a set. Uh, 1954, the USS Nautilus, the first nuclear-powered submarine launched in Connecticut. In 1978, oh man, this changed music forever. Uh, a new number one album hit the top of the charts in 1978 on this day, January 21st. It stayed there for 24 weeks. Holy crap. It was an unheard of smash success at the time. It was the soundtrack from a movie called Saturday Night Fever. Could have used staying alive, but I went a little deep no, cut on good. it. I'm glad you didn't. I like that one. Uh, 1982, the movie Shaolin Temple was released. It was the first martial arts film from Hong Kong filmed in China, and it starred Jet Li in his debut role. Mm. Jet Li is a very talented yes. martial artist. 1987, on this day, B.B. King was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Speaking of the thrill being gone, on this day in 1994, Lorena Bobbitt was found temporarily insane in court when she cut off her husband's mm. penis, and mm, she mm, was mm. Uh, she was acquitted of that crime Oof. because she, when she cut off her husband's penis, the defense claimed that she was temporarily insane. Uh, I would say she was permanently insane yeah. if you go to cut someone's penis yeah. off. Where's the beef? Right? Oh, God. Oh. It was out the window. Did you ever see his porn that he did? Uh, Franken penis. Yeah. Did you ever see it? I never. I did. never saw it. No. I had no real interest. No, I didn't. I just. But he always curious. claimed that his penis was bigger after they reattached. Oh, really? It. Yeah, because of the scar tissue and it added, oh. it added a little length and girth as so well. So it worked so out for everybody. In the end, it was actually a happy, <laughs> <Okay>. happy accident <laughs> for everyone. And at this point, I bring up. The food-related day in history to see it's whether Eddie Pence would eat something or not. We never know with this guy. What was yesterday's that surprised me? Did you? Oh, uh, no, it was toffee. Was it toffee? Butter crunch. Butter crunch, yeah. yeah. 
And by the way, a lot of people uh, talking about getting you a Heath bar that you've never had one. They're incensed that you haven't eaten one, so you might have to. So we'll try one. Uh, Today's food, this is a twofer. Really? This rarely happens. I'm going to talk about the food. Then I'm going to uh, pull the handle, of course, of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. That is how we ascertain as to whether Eddie Pence will eat something or not. If the reels come up and they match, there's a big payout. That means he will eat it. However, if it's mismatched, no such luck. (laughs) Today's a twofer. Two different things happened on this day related to the same food. In 1924 on this day, a musical in New York City opened that was the smash hit of Broadway at the Knickerbunker Theater there in New York City. I won't tell you what the name of it was because that would give it away. But and then in 1922, a couple years earlier, actor Telly Savalas was born. Telly Savalas, of course, was a very successful film actor in the 60s and early 70s, but he's best known for the TV series where he played a tough New York City detective called Lieutenant Kojak. Of course, we're talking about Kojak. Who loves you, baby? Who loves you, baby? (laughs) Kojak, of course, was known not only for who loves you, baby, his catchphrase, but he would often be seeing sucking what, Eddie Pence? A lollipop. A lollipop, indeed. And the musical that opened at the Knickerbocker Theater in 1924, also entitled Lollipop. The lollipop, you'll be interested to know, Eddie Pence, is one of the oldest candies known to man. Really? Yes. Back in the Middle Ages, nobility would often eat boiled sugar at the end of a stick or a handle. In the 17th century, as sugar became more plentiful, the English enjoyed boiled sugar candy treats and would insert them, uh, insert sticks into them to make them easier to eat. And that's where we first got the term lollipop. In, in Northern England, the word lolly is, is another euphemism for tongue. Hmm. And to pop meant to slap. So lollipop actually meant tongue slap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you would take that candy and just slap it on your tongue All right. and just suck away. Suck, 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 suck. However, the modern lollipop was invented by a guy named George Smith of New Haven, Connecticut. He started making large hard candies mounted on sticks in 1908. And then he trademarked the term lollipop in 1931, naming the candy after a popular racehorse of the time, lollipop. Pop. Lollipops, of course, come in many flavors. You can get them with Tootsie Rolls in the center. You mm. can get the traditional uh, uh, lollipop, like the Dum Dums. You can get the Charm Blow Pop if you want some gum inside your lollipop. Hell, you can even get one with like a like a little scorpion inside of it. Oh, that's can, a no. Or like that's a worm. A hard you get a no. Worm in there. Hard or, no. Well, cockroach. No animals or bugs in my lollipops. You probably get some Xenobots oh. in your yeah, lollipop. Absolutely can. Lollipops, lollipops. Who doesn't like lollipops? Let's find out if Eddie Pence would eat one or not. We're going to pull the handle. Here we go. One lollipop, two lollipops, three lollipops, Eddie Pence eat lollipop. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that was uh, even I thought. That's that's we easy had a good one. chance on that one. When did the lollipop? They used to, they were all, did they start off round and then when did they go to the flat circle one? The flat circle one was the first one. That's the way it originated. Flat with like a round circle. Yeah. That was the traditional lollipop. And then when they started making, oh, th- oh, someone's calling. Um, I maybe the round was first. Really? Because I would think it would be harder to shape. If you're going back to the olden times, they probably just used whatever shape they could, stuck it on the end of a stick, and yeah. then it went hardened on the end of the stick. Right? Yeah. But I guess when they started flattening them out, like the big, like you always see the suckers, yeah, the, you big know? Su- the big round sucker. That was probably the 30s, I'm yeah, guessing, when sure. they started doing right. that. But I like the, I like the, like the, the round, round ones. Yeah, the round yeah. One. Like the dum-dums or the, the charm blow pops. Tootsie, you probably like Tootsie the Tootsie Rolls. Yeah, pops. I do. Ugh. Or the blow pop. 
Ugh. With the bubble gum in it. Yeah, I like the gum one better than the Tootsie one. Well, because you get like you're getting two candies in one. I mean, you're getting yeah, the lollipop. But the, but the middle and then one you is get shitty. The, then you get the to chew. The middle one is a shitty candy, so I'd rather not have the <laughs> shitty candy on the inside of my lollipop. How many licks does it take to get the center of a Tootsie Pop? No one gives a fuck. A one, a two. So that's it. Eddie Pence is eating lollipops. No shock there. But I'm just happy to say we're two for two there this you go. week. I got a good feeling about this week. We can week. do it. And that is This Day in History. I pity the fool who ain't been schooled by Ralph recently. He's dropping college-level knowledge with such accuracy. It got my head spinning faster than a drunk Eddie. And I'm rocking the backing track with a rap like a bad celebrity. I hope Cooperman loves my beats, because that rhymes with LMB. And that's a wrap for the Ralph Report today in history. 15 cents a day, y'all. Gotta wonder who was calling my house, because no one has this number. Yeah, it's, it's a, a brand. Brand, It's a brand new number. It's a landline, <laughs> and we use it just in case of emergencies. Courtesy call. It's got to be a uh, telemarketer. Yeah, right? something. Yeah. All right, time now to take a look at all the entertainment news in a segment I call the Showbiz Beat. Well, this is just getting goddamn ridiculous in the words of the great American what? John Wayne. Remember our uh, celebrity boxing friends? They oh, were the ones yeah. who were putting Angry Bagel Guy up against yeah. Lenny Dykstra yeah. until Angry Bagel Guy dropped out and said, ha, I got you guys, and then got sued for like thousands of dollars <laughs> because he wouldn't fight Lenny well, Dykstra. Like an idiot. Well, they've got a new uh, celebrity boxing oh, match coming up. Who? They've just signed. Very exciting. This should be a big ticket item. Mary Carey has been signed. Mary Carey. Does that name sound familiar at all to it you? It does, but I can't place it. Mary Carey at one time was a porn star. Okay. Named Mary Carey because of her vague similarity to Mariah Carey. Okay. And she had a very popular porn career, but then she got uh, nationally known for running for governor of the state of California when she retired from okay. porn. Now I remember. Now you yeah, may know right, who now Mary Carey yes, is. Yes, yes, yes. Well, yes. Mary's not doing porn anymore, and so she's got to find a way to make a living, I guess. And they have signed her to get into the ring. In the next big celebrity boxing match. So, two. Uh, they have not yet oh. found her opponent yet. They're, I can imagine it's hard to find someone of that magnitude on that same level yeah. of celebrity. Yeah. I mean, who who could you possibly get? Yeah. Maybe the girl from the Peloton commercial or... <laughs> I don't know. What's, is, the, is the Where's the Beef lady still oh. around? Could oh, you bring I think her she out? died. Really? She died. Where's the beef? Couldn't get her. That would be, I would pay to see that fight. That'd be great. Maybe Flo from uh, Progressive Flo from Insurance. Progressive would be great. So we'll see what happens. I don't think it'll happen. Speaking of sports and show business crossing paths, some people are very upset. Most of those people are San Francisco 49ers fans when Disney released a uh, tweet this weekend showing Baby Yoda supporting the Green Bay Packers. I don't know if you saw this or not. Because it's green. Well, also Bob Iger apparently is a Green Bay Packers fan. Oh. And so he tweeted a picture of uh, Baby Yoda holding a football and wearing a Green Bay (laughs) Packers sweatshirt saying, it's game time, let's go at Packers. And a lot of people who are Star Wars fans, but also 49ers fans, were very upset about that. Well, Star Wars was basically born in the Bay Area. That's where where Skywalker Ranch is. So when Baby Yoda is pimping the Packers. It's a big heel turn on Baby Yoda's See why everybody (laughs) is very upset. And I think it's anger well placed, quite frankly. I think we should spend more time. But the Niners beat up on the Packers. Killed. They should be happy that that didn't happen, right? And we shouldn't really cross. 
the streams when it no. comes to science fiction and sports. Let's keep our sports and fandom separate. However, I must oh, beg to differ. If, he's good, if you just give me a few moments, I beg to differ. I think sports and science fiction are forever intertwined. And I really think it's obvious that why the Star Wars fans were upset that Baby Yoda would be a Packers fan. Why, why is that, do you think, Roland? Well, because obviously if Baby Yoda, who is green, is going to be a fan of any particular team, I think we know what team that would be, don't we? Who? I mean... No, you're not an Eagles fan, Roland. I'm not, but Baby Yoda would be, uh, I think. Uh, the force is strong with them. I, that's for sure. What I know. Can you spell? What I know about football. E-A-T-L-E-S Eagles! Unreal that we've gone a month without that stupid song. I, I happen to, excuse me, Roland, for a second. I happen to think Roland's got a point. I don't I think, think he does if, at all. If if the the, the the good side of the force is going to be with any team, you would have to think. Why it would, would be. it be with the Philadelphia Eagles? Well, obviously. The team that notoriously threw batteries at Santa Claus. Well, because they... They had a jail cell on the bottom of their stadium. If, if you, if, excuse me, Ralph, if you allow me to. Ugh. Because they were tempted by the dark side, and then they redeemed themselves. <laughs> okay. And they, like, so it's a redemption story with Philadelphia. Like one of the Palpatines, they were able to overcome their evil sides and do the right thing. Uh, That's how I feel. I think you're an idiot. I have to go now. Go. Don't. All right. See ya. Bye, Roland. Thanks for stopping by. I think, I, think he, I think he makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think it's nice you let him sit on your lap while he's here. He's not a big guy. No, he's not, big he's not very heavy. But it's just nice that you do that. And congratulations to Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> she won the uh, SAG Award over the weekend for her so. her work in the morning show, which is a show I have not seen, and I'm guessing probably won't have time to well, fit get into a, my TV. You got to pay for the Apple Plus. Yeah, that's not for me. Streaming service. She beat out Olivia Coleman and Helena Bonham Carter and uh, Jodie Comer and uh, Elizabeth Moss for that role. Backstage, she told reporters, a lot of people are fascinated by this, that she wanted to play Wonder Woman. Really? But she says, I waited too long, she said. There was no time ever. <laughs> that would have been bad. That you were ever going to play Wonder Woman. Oh, that would have been awful. So just oh. don't. Beat yourself up over that. It wasn't you. You didn't wait too long because it was never going to happen. Oh, my God. I like how she thinks she caused it not to happen because she waited too if long. If I just said yes <laughs> 10 years ago, I would have been Wonder Woman. Stop it. And God, she's, she's the one, by the way, in Variety. She did an interview a couple months ago saying how Marvel films were degrading the, the, yes. the, the format yes, was, of, of the art of filmmaking. She was jumping on that side. Yeah. So shut up. Just shut up. You're go, not Wonder Woman. Go away. Ever. Just go away. She would have been awful. Could you, I can't even fathom her being on. That would be nope. so bad. So bad. All right, let's take a look at today's celebrity birthdays. All these stars born on this day, January 21st. Actor Luke Grimes from TV's Yellowstone, also from Fifty Shades. He is 36 years old. DJ Chris Gilmore of the band Incubus is 47 years old today. So Mind, 
Actor Robbie Benson is 64. He, of course, was on uh, in uh, One on One, one of the great basketball movies of all oh, yeah. time. And he was also the voice of the Beast in the animated film Beauty and the Beast. Oh, okay. Now he's a very popular television director. He spends most of his time directing. 64 years old today. Singer-songwriter Billy Ocean is 70. Actress Gina Davis is 64 years old. Drummer Mark Trojanowski of the band Sister Hazel is 50. Here's the thing I like about this show. Sometimes even I learn something from this show. Yeah. When I saw Sister Hazel, I was like, I have no idea who that band is. Let me see if they've done anything I'm familiar with. And I looked up their music and I was like, holy shit, I loved that song. I had no idea the band that performed it was named Sister Hazel. Because there's a song from the mid-90s where there was about... 48 different bands that all sounded like yeah. this. That was Blues Traveler. Could have been Blues Traveler, <laughs> could have been the Wallflowers, could have been... <laughs> Any number of bands in the mid-1990s that all had that Oh, my God, sound. I really thought that was Blues Traveler. Yeah, apparently not. Sister Hazel, the name of that okay. band. Actress Charlotte Ross from NYPD Blue. She's 52 years old today. And singer Emma Bunton. Oh, I wish Steve was with, with us right now. She, of course, Baby Spice of the legendary Spice Girls. She's 44 today. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. Oh, tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna really, really, really wanna sing it, sing if you wanna be my lover, mm. you gotta get with my friends. Okay. Make it last forever. Uh -huh. Friendship never ends. Oh, yeah. If you wanna be my lover, I do. You have got to give. All right. Taking is too easy, but mm. that's the way it is. Yeah. Oh, baby. Yeah. Baby. It's the most excited I've seen you get play music before. Oh, love me to Spice Girls. <laughs> my ultimate six way. <laughs> Would be with the Spice Girls. Could you handle it? Uh, That'd be hard to handle. Mm, I think I would be motivated. Yeah. Once. Okay. Once. Once. One, one time. Around. Yeah. Yeah. At this age or a younger age? I think I you could, could do it at I this could, age. I could bounce back. Okay. My refractory period is still fairly. Uh, <laughs> it's not that. fairly brief, quite frankly. How <laughs> good for you? So uh, I'm one I, and I don't done. think I, I don't think I can <laughs> make them done. I don't think I can make them all happy. But I can make two of them happy. <laughs> All right, that's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. <laughs> oh, and you know what day it is, right? It's Tuesday, and around here it's very special because we get a look at a TV theme song on TV Tunes Tuesday. Here we go. You know what day it is. It's TV Tunes Tuesday. On today's Ralph like that one. Maybe three of them. Maybe I can make three, three of the make Spice three Girls happy. happy. Yeah. Today's TV theme <laughs> comes as a suggestion from the lovely Andrea. She called asking for this one. And this is cool because it's kind of, you know, we we do a lot of uh, waybacks on yeah. the 50s, 60s, 70s themes. This one is fairly recent. And so I like mixing it up. Hi, Ralph. Andrea, Minnesota. Mostly calling with a TV Tunes Tuesday request. The Office theme song because I'm a huge Office fan, 
Um, and over the holidays, I've been rewatching it for probably the 10th time. And it's the one TV tune that I don't fast forward through. Like, you know, Netflix has the skip button and skip the TV tune. And I don't because the song, the song gives me so much joy and happiness every time I hear it. It's short, it's joyful, and there's no reason to skip it because it just makes you happy. Love you. Mean it. Bye. The Office, one of the great sitcoms of the last yeah. 20 years. Did you watch? Yeah, I had a good friends, uh, Kate okay, Flannery and Angela Kate. Kinsey. I Are used, you to, used to do improv with oh, both right. of them. I forgot. Yes. Yes. They both left you in, the, yes, they in their dust. Quite, uh, quite far. Loved that show. But I go back to the original British version of The Office, yeah. where it all started with Ricky Gervais, of course, which made him a star. And the story of the music for both of those shows is pretty interesting. When Ricky Gervais and his partner, Stephen Merchant, were putting the office in the UK together, they wanted to have a theme song that was sort of counterpoint to comedy. They didn't want like a wacky theme song. They wanted something a little bit more touching. And their original plan was to use a song by Cat Stevens called Sitting. Oh, I'm on my way. I know I am. Somewhere not so far from here. That song was rejected, and so they decided to go with another song that had already been a, uh, a hit for other artists. It was called Handbags and Glad Rags, which was written in the 60s by the former vocalist of the pop group Manford Mann named Mike Dabo. And uh, Rod Stewart had a hit with it, so they took that song and they did an instrumental version by a guy named Big George. And I, I thought it was such a touching, sort of interesting theme for what was... Of course, a, a big-time comedy show in the UK. Here is the theme song from the UK version of The Office. So um, the show's a big hit in the UK, and they decided to do an American version of The Office. And producer Greg Daniels is trying to decide what his theme song should be. And he thought, too, that maybe it should be a song that's a little bit more touching, a little bit more sentimental, not quite as, as hokey as a lot of comedy shows theme songs are. And so they looked at some existing songs as well, like Float On by Modest Mouse. Better Things by The Kinks. And then there was a song by the Electric Light Orchestra called Mr. Blue Sky that he really enjoyed. And he thought he would put it up to a vote to the cast. So he gave them a choice of four different songs to choose from, including Mr. Blue Sky, and see if it was something that they wanted to have as the theme for their show. Mr. Blue Sky, please tell us why you had to hide away for so long. Where did we go it turns out Mr. Blue Sky was already a theme song on NBC. Yeah. Everyone chose that one, but it was already being used on a show called LAX. Yeah, it was on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 as well. It was this the song, opening theme song to that. Great too. tune. Yeah. So they couldn't use it, and so everyone decided to go with their second choice. And this was an original song written by a composer named Jay Ferguson, who actually we featured on this show as a one-hit wonder for his song Thunder Island. I think we talked about it. Anyway, um, that was the one they picked. They got a group of musicians together who eventually called themselves the Scrantones because the show takes place in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and they recorded 
the theme song to The Office. And I'm so glad they went with an original piece of music. It's beloved. Here it is, the theme song to the U.S. version of The Office. Yeah, it was good. You know, with the American version of The Office being such a big hit, and the reason Ricky Gervais is so stinking rich is, you know, they've, they've franchised that concept out to countries around the world. Oh, so there's offices everywhere? There is not only the British version, the original, and the American version, which was a smash hit, but there's a German office, there's a French office, a Canadian office, <laughs> a Chilean office, an Israeli office, a Swedish office, a Czech office a finnish office and an indian office wow. currently playing around the world as we speak good and that's just good pay, for him man. paycheck wow. after paycheck for ricky Gervais. that's the way to take an idea just live franchise off of it. it that's how you make money right that's yeah. what happened with mcdonald's and every other great business is you you build it and then you let people come and you, you charge them a fee and they can go off and run yeah, their we own. need an italian ralph report and that's uh, what we need and a german ralph report. hey it's the Raphael report how you go <laughs> hey it's a time to look back at this day in history what do you got <laughs> <laughs> come oh, on oh, oh, welcome to the riff report you can make a fortune oh, man. Great. yeah welcome to the life report we are now looking oh, <laughs> will eddie eat wiener schnitzel <laughs> international versions of the Ralph report oh, genius that's yeah. why you're the vice host. i know i know that is tv tunes tuesday here we go you know what day it is it's tv tunes tuesday like that yeah one. you do mm. that's it for today's show thank you so much for joining us boys and girls come on back tomorrow on wednesday's show well hopefully we'll have steve ashton back with a uk update and a back update to see how he's uh, if he's standing upright or not also on wednesdays we um um wednesday on wednesdays we uh one who wonder you got them right we're gonna take a look at one of a uh, famous song that was a smash hit, and the artist never quite was able to reproduce that level of success. All that and so much more. Come on back. We're going to have a good time. But it's not quite as much fun unless you're there. I love you. I mean it. Bye. Bye. <laughs>